0: Everyone, welcome to a new podcast series called For the Culture. Uh, we will be your hosts today. I am Trisha, and I'm Clotilde, um, and we're super excited to well bring you guys into our sort of brains and our thoughts and our ideas. So, um, For the Culture is basically going to be a podcast um, that really revolves around books, movies, music, really modern culture. Um, And we're going to be breaking it down, reviewing it, connecting it to politics and society and what's relevant and um, critical theories and things like that. Um, But really, it's just kind of a fun way for us to dissect media um, because it's so representative of um, the world today. Um, About Chloe and I, uh, I'm Trisha, like I said earlier. I am a first-year student at Sciences Po. Um, and I, I'm i really, really into, not to sound cliche, but I'm really into like books and literature and media and film. Um, I personally just think that they um, are so sort of representative of the human experience. And I love doing like big sort of macro analysis of like themes and things like that, but even getting into like specific words and why they were used. So. Um, yeah, I'm excited to geek out on this series.
1: Yeah, so I'm close Hill. I'm a first-year student at Xiong as well hence why i'm here and i also really like literature i um had english lit as one of my specialties in high school i did french high school and honestly trisha and i started this podcast because when we first met each other we were like oh i love literature oh i love literature why don't we join the book club we really wanted a book club then we go to the club fair and we didn't find the book club Apparently there is a book club. Yeah, but we learned that. We didn't see it. And we both
0: did literature in high school and we were obsessed with it. And we were like, we need to find like-minded
1: people to nerd out <laughs> with. Still on the hunt, but we found each other. We found each other and we've been talking a lot. And so we're like, hmm, what is the talk of the moment? Like, what is the thing everyone's talking about? And, and it's Dune. So today's episode is going
0: to be about Dune, the talk of the town, what everyone has been chatting about. Some, some people just because Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya are in it, which honestly, fair for some because they have spent years or their lives committed to this series, to the to so the six franchise. Book franchise saga
1: that needs an encyclopedia. Yeah. So,
0: what we're going to do today is we're really just going to break down the Dune universe. We're going to... We watched the movie together. We have started reading the book. We'd like to put out there that we have not finished reading the book. It is such a... It's it's a dense read. It's something to tackle.
1: It's it is like some,
0: a commitment. It's a commitment and it is a mountain to climb. So, we have started climbing it. We are still at... We're at a pit stop. We're, we're, we're at one of the base camps. We're going to get to the summit soon. But... So just keep that in mind that we don't... We're not like
1: like old-time fans, but we're we're just... We started it and we're loving it. Exactly. And we're just appreciating it and dissecting it. Also, this episode won't be spoiler-free since we're also talking about the themes and comparing it to things that we know.
0: Yeah. So... But if you have watched or read it or you don't really care for spoilers, please continue to tune in. Um, and if... You know, this is this universe is completely new to you. We will break it down for you, I'll give you a quick little recap. Um, so don't worry. This is for all audiences, for all people. Um, so yeah.
1: I mean Buckle it's for up for the culture.
0: It's for the culture. It's
1: for the culture. So yeah, yeah. buckle
0: up. We're in for a ride. <laughs> um so yeah, join us as we nerd out about the Dune universe.
1: Okay, so we should break down the dune universe, and Trisha, I think you do a better a better way of explaining it with your sci-fi knowledge. okay, well,
0: I'm not gonna say that I'm like the number one sci-fi nerd, right I have so much respect for people that are. I just haven't found the time to get into it fully however, um I did write one of my like main high school dissertations on feminist science fiction, so I have a little bit of knowledge I have dabbled my toe is in the water Um, so the Dune universe the books are basically set 20,000 years in the future from today right so it's far far out right does that mean it's not relatable I don't know keep listening to find out but yes it's 20,000 years in the future And it's really about the evolution of man. So both physically and mentally, how we have evolved, how we change, how we organize ourselves in society over the span of thousands of years. So the movie, for those of you that don't know or have not read the book, the movie is only about half of the first book. So it doesn't even cover the full book. So we can only imagine how many movies have to come out because there are six books in the saga. But book one. We're introduced to Paul Atreides, Timothy Chalamet, for those of you that have seen the movie, um, or just have been on the internet. Um, Paul Atreides is born as a result of a breeding program, essentially that has been in the works for generations. And this has been planned and orchestrated by something called the Bene Gesserit. So the Bene Gesserit is a sisterhood of powerful women. That have these special heightened abilities, and they play a really massive role in the Imperium. So, behind the curtain, they've been sort of manipulating it, they've been marrying women, their daughters, and members off to powerful men. Um, They've kind of been controlling it covertly, right? Um, And so, that's something that the Bene Gesserit is something that is very important. Um, in the books, there are more than ten thousand worlds so we're not on earth per se it's about the solar system as a whole um, and in this in this worlds um, basically to break it down there's a lot that happens if those of you that aren't familiar with dune you um just so you know dune is Renowned for its world building. So it is insane how every little thing has a name and every person. Like, there's they, a
1: glossary at the end of the book. There's a
0: glossary at the end of the book because really there's so much name dropping of the <laughs> randomest stuff that you really need a glossary and an encyclopedia to break it down. I had like my laptop next to me on the side to look up every Everything. word, every like two sentences. Um, so that's why it takes a little bit of time to get through it. But be- because of that, because of this choice, by the author, um, we have a beautifully fleshed out world that is feels so real. And so in this world, um, I've described sort of what's happened in, happened in the past. Well, I've described what's happening now. Let me describe what happened in the past before this because context, right? We're all, we're, we're Sianzpo students. <coughs> we love context, right? So 10,000 years before the point in which the book starts. There was something called uh, the Butlerian Jihad. The name, I know. So bear with me here. It it, it it is what it is, right? During this time, it was basically a time where all thinking machines, now this is another dune this is dune vocabulary, but thinking machines dune are essentially...
1: Dune vocabulary 101.
0: <laughs> maybe we should have called that the name of the episode, but <laughs> Thinking machines are essentially artificial intelligence, and during the Butlerian Jihad, they were violently removed from the Imperium. Um, so they got rid of all sort of machinery, technology, um, and because of that, there was no space travel, essentially, from that time, because, um, well, this, this artificial intelligence was the thing that could safely calculate um, space travel. So there was no interspace travel, but, you know, society progressed and things like that eventually we hit a moment where there's something there's a creation of something called a space guild um and this the space guild essentially has a monopoly over space travel because them along with the choam company um extract a substance called spice listen this is a lot but bear with me so they extract a substance called spice um which is essentially this It's like kind of a drug, but also like fuel, but it's just like the most, um, this is sort of the most important, um, item, the most important sort of thing in the universe. And what, this is because it allows, um, space travel to happen safely at over light speed. Um, without spies, there would be no commerce. Worlds would be separate from each other and empire would fall. But I also mentioned that it was kind of like a drug, mainly because it can extend life. It has, it has the ability to sort of, hi- it heightens your abilities, basically. Um, so the, the Bene Gesserit that we spoke about earlier, like, without spice, they would lose their powers. So you get longevity, you get heightened awareness, but it is a drug. And it has one of the most intense withdrawals to the point that if you stop consuming it, you die. So, you know, she's a bit intense and this spice this magical wonderful terrifying spice is found on only one planet arrakis or also known as dune hence the name of the sort of saga franchise on planet arrakis on dune there are the ancient fremen the essentially the indigenous people to that planet and they wander by night in suits these metallic suits that contain like keep moisture in the body because This is a desert. This is the driest desert. In this desert, moisture is life. Water is a scarce resource. And there is none anywhere. So the way the suits work is that they extract bodily moisture and recycle it. Um, And that's how they are able to survive. It's so hot during the day that they can only move around at night. So this is... I want you to picture this world as we talk about sort of the Dune universe. And the importance of like ge- geography and um, the environment as something that we will talk about in a bit. So, I started by mentioning Paul Atreides, Timothy Chalamet. Atreides is forced basically into, um, well, I guess this is the, in- the rest of the Dune saga is about his coming of age. He is 15 years old in the book. It's about his coming of age. It's about power. It's about control. It's about environment it's about free will and fate tradition customs politics religion really like it is the moment and it is really one of the most sort of drawn out um illustrations of society and even though it's 20,000 years in the future There are parts that we can still relate to today. There's something about it that is still so relevant. It was written in 1965, and people still can't stop talking about it. So there's something there. And that something is what we're going to unpack today.
1: So we're going to first start off with first impressions. So we started reading the book before watching the movie, but of course we didn't finish the book in time, because if y'all have seen the width of the book... She's thick. She's really thick. She's (laughs) like... You know, she is that thick. But um what's interesting, so when watching the movie, even if you've only read a little bit of the book, you're already comparing it. I think that's the that's the thing with a lot of things. Like with adaptations with, as a whole,
0: right? Like Yeah. If you've watched or read one thing, it's really difficult to not compare. Exactly. Your brain makes connections. Especially so.
1: with like our day and age with adaptations and when we know how like adaptations aren't new. They they've been around for a while, so you're already thinking, oh no, the possibility that it couldn't, it's not adapted well. So I think for like personally for me, um, I really they changed. So spoiler alert, I guess <laughs> they changed the start of the film. The film isn't the same as the book in the beginning. In like the like beginning, the, the, the way that they yeah. started. The way that they start it, because in the book you are just thrown into that universe, yeah. like brutally, it's like, like, like thrown you're, off it's like from you're a plane. Into the,
0: you're thrown into the
1: deep end, and you're just asked to swim and survive. <laughs> exactly, without any, without any equipment. So you're not equipped yet, and you have all these all this vocab thrown at you, you're just like, damn, I don't know what this means. And I think that's why it's really hard for people to keep on reading the book because you're just thrown into it. But I think that's also the beauty of it. Like trying to unravel and comprehend this complicated world building. I really think that the author... Was on something when he he decided to make it this. It had universe. to be drugs to create this world. <clears throat> but whatever it is, I want it. Because I it's need beautiful. it. It's honestly amazing, and so I I very much liked that at the start of the film we're kind of introduced, like slightly introduced. There's a bit of narrate, narration going on about what spice is, the importance of, of spice, Ben Ezeret, exactly. Of the re-
0: little recap that we gave you now, it's basically sort of there in the movie, maybe not with as much detail and this much sort of informality. However, it's there, you know. And honestly, I feel like I appreciated that a lot oh, because, me like, too. it's what like Dune as a whole. I think is always seen as like really inaccessible or really mm-hmm. like it's like it's something that people know about, but everyone's afraid to touch. Yeah,
1: exactly. They don't dare to. Like, and I think
0: approach. this was like. Villeneuve's way of making sure that the movie was accessible to people that had never encountered the universe before. You know, it's just like those explanations were necessary. Exactly. It's- I mean, we spoke to people as well who yeah. we watched the movie with who had never read the books before. I mean, they were still kind of confused, but... God, I cannot imagine what would have happened
1: if we were thrown into it the way we were in the book. Yeah, especially since in the book there's a lot of the importance in the book as well as the narration is done through thoughts. It's yeah. not done by dialogue. While here, the narration was done through dialogue or more like it's this like an an omniscient narrator, if you will. Wasn't it Paul that was
0: narrating in the back? He it was there It was Paul, but they like they gave it like a first-person omniscient vibe. Ah. Because because he was talking about like history so much, and, it, oh, and they, they made it seem that like Paul was like because he studied history and things like that. Mm. But, like, yes, it, it's it, it what they try to do it with thoughts because it was like voiceover.
1: Mm.
0: It's that, that, that like, it, it wasn't actually like direct dialogue between characters, but more voiceover. Yeah. But it doesn't, it's not, it's not the same as like the way that the thoughts are in the book because it's the, the thoughts aren't people saying, aren't, aren't what. Hold on. The thoughts aren't spoken things. It's also, like, fears. It's feelings. It's There's actions. a lot about
1: fear. Especially, like, when you see one of the first scenes in the book, especially. And we see it also in the film. And it's very interesting because Trisha and I w- both agreed that we didn't imagine this spe- this specific scene to Talk be the way scenes. it was. Yeah, of course. So I'm getting to that. <laughs> um, so it's the scene in the book... Well, in the thing. <laughs> where, um... Paul is uh, put into this room with the Reverend Mother by his mother Jessica and he basically has to go through a test and a pain test and there's a lot of description in the book about fear about you know all of this and it's also portrayed in the film though I feel like Jessica his mother was more fearful in the film than she was in the book which um is something we'll touch on probably later. but. In the... So, I personally imagined a light room where, basically, his hand is in this thing. In this box. This box. And he's not allowed to take it out. Because if he does...
0: She's gonna, like, inject him with, basically, poison that's gonna kill him.
1: Yeah. I guess. And so... I imagine the scene to be in a light like a room with a lot of windows yeah. with a lot like a sunlight shining through for some reason. Yeah. But in the movie it was the complete opposite. And I don't even know if the books themselves described a lot of
0: light but maybe maybe it was just maybe us. it's just something about us. I don't Please, like, I if you read the book, I I don't know what you think about this, but like, we were both like we turned to each other and we we're like, this is not how I imagined this. No, looked. for real,
1: like I was, I was very shocked. For some, I thought reason.
0: the room would be smaller. Like, okay, these are like tiny details, but I guess this is about like the concept of adaptation. Still, of, like, you read the book, you imagine one thing, and then you yeah. watch the movie, and you're like, wait,
1: I guess like I guess that makes I guess sense. that makes sense, but. Yeah, it's very, like, I was very intrigued yeah. by that for some reason. Also, Timothy did a really good job with, like, God, the he was so good, fear, he? with the, like, pain. I mean, we, okay, we, okay, if you've seen Call
0: Me By Your Name, you know that Timothy is a very good at the no dialogue, facial expression, eye contact moment. The last, like, end credits part of Call Me By Your Name, where Timothy is looking into the, like. To the fire, and he's, like, crying, and you feel, like, seven different emotions at the same time, my boy is good at that. And he displayed that once again, because he is
1: consistent, and he understood the assignment with that scene. He really did. I feel like, the thing is, also, I can't really compare to what I thought Paul would be like, because I saw the trailer before reading the book, so I already had this image. Yeah. But it kind of, it's, like, it makes sense to me yeah. I, I think i think it was a good it was a good but
0: cast. i have to say like even though we're like this scene we didn't imagine it to be this way the way that villeneuve captured the dune universe felt was so really realistic good. it was and very so good. much like how it was described in the book i feel like i agree you know like i don't know just everything about the movie in terms of world building was
1: a oh my god the the way so i love the way the baron was portrayed. Oh my god. That was a The Harkonnens is a whole and
0: like the dichotomy between the
1: Harkonnens and um, the Atreides. No, honestly, because when I was reading the book, so, okay, I was, (laughs) ask Trisha, but when we, we were reading the book together and there's this, this, description of the Baron that I could not move past. It was like with the, like the first introduction to the Baron is like, oh, he puts his fat hand on the globe. And there's like this insist yeah. like There's this very like overwhelming like almost greed like gluttony, gluttonous yeah. vibe yeah. from the about, Baron. It was
0: it was about excess. It was about power. It was about resources. Like you could elude all of that with like the fat exactly of it and it wasn't like it I think one could argue you could do the whole like fat phobic perspective of the villains are fat right like that is definitely something to keep like that to is keep important in mind. and that yeah. we should mention but I don't know at least Chloe and I both read it as like greed gluttony um
1: things like that and know. the fact that I never imagined him the way that was portrayed in the film, but w- in that but when scene, you see it in the scene where he like he stands up and you're like, whoa, hold on, yeah, you
0: could see that concept of power there. It was really right? Right? like the, the done. levels, the like how he's looking down on ev- on them in that first scene. It, it's beautiful. It's it's. I think what's really lovely about the Dune universe is how like these main themes that we're going to get to in a second but these main themes of like power of fate of environment of colonialism of tradition are not ever explicitly stated fo- and like in their it's very symbolic with, with all of their like nuances exactly it's so symbolic and it's these small things which i feel like make it more realistic the author is not just telling you as it is he threw you into the world and he was like i want you to experience it I want you to be a part of this world. See where you would fit in. Who would you agree with? Who do you think is good and who do you think is bad? What even is good and bad? Who are the actual villains here? Who is actually the oppressed here? You know? It's not black and white because the real world is not black and white. Which, like, so my first impression was really that. Mm. Of how even though it's so far away from today's world, you still have the same problems. We're battling even today the role of artificial intelligence in society. You know, we're talking about extraction of natural resources, you know, in, like, other worlds. Link that to today with mining, with coal, with big oil, like, with all of these things, with intervention by countries for oil, for these resources that run the world, but are found in, well, not
1: developed parts of the world, you know? Yeah, and I also think that, like, that's one, like, there's those big themes and the those themes that are like very not conceptual but there's like on abstract. the other abstract Maybe, and yeah. on the other hand we also have the coming of age of Ooh. Paul that you talked about earlier with like Paul is a fifteen year old boy boy and spoiler alert his dad dies yeah um, that. <laughs> but, like- his, dad, his dad dies so he's like thrown into this and like so we're touching on one of the first themes here, which is free will and fate and in the I found this scene very beautiful in the um in the film where after his dad dies, and Jessica and him are like hiding under the sand or whatever whatever they're doing, I forgot um and literally he's having a breakdown because he was telling his mother, "You made me like this because obviously his mother somewhat conditioned him to have heightened abilities because so basically um we like
0: didn't really touch on this earlier when we probably should have but paul we said that he was part of this breeding program right um so the bene geseret like we said or a sisterhood but they have this like myth or this like belief um that there will be this man that is born um of one of the bene geseret and um and and it and they basically will be like, the Messiah, like the Savior, um, and it's basically called the uh, like the Quizatz right? Again, he was this author was very original with his names, right? But the Quizatz Haderach is supposed to be, like, he was technically supposed to be born to a different person. Like there was a whole plan. Jessica was like, nah, actually. I think I'm pretty badass. I think I will have a son and my son will be the Kwisatz I am certain. Um, and so, you know, essentially, Paul is the Kwisatz Um But he's not even sure of that himself he's, yet. And not not in this part of the movie. And, not in this part of the book. But, like, the whole point is that he blames Jessica because even about... It's not even about the Kwisatz Haderach part here. It's that because of this con like situation... Jessica was training Paul in the ways of the Bene Gesserit as well. Yes. So he has this thing called the voice. You know, he has these heightened abilities and this this these things that, you know, normal fighters or normal Atreides do not.
1: What I find also really interesting is the fact that um, there's also a scene in the film where he goes, um, he fights a Fremen because the Fremen is looking for a fight and so mm-hmm. he agrees. And... There's this line, or yes, there's this line, there's this flashback, there's this vision he has where it's like Paul Atreides is no longer there. But and for a while, I was kind of confused. I was like, He dies? Like, question mark, he dies? No I kept telling Chloe, like, no, no, it's symbolic. Like, we and said, I with, was like, with Oh, dude, like, I was like, Okay, so Paul Atreides is gonna die, but not physically. It's because the Quizat's Haderach has to take place. And so he ends up beating this man. He ends up like this fremen, big. basically,
0: for like power over, like who is the leader of the group and whatever,
1: essentially. And also, Jessica was like, Paul has never killed a man. Yeah, Paul has never killed a man. But then you see this like he's fifteen. Yeah, yeah he's fifteen. He, like I think it's normal if you have, even on the duty. He's universe, from like but a noble family. He's, he's from true. a noble family. He is
0: like the the prince or the heir. The you prince. know, he. He's like too privileged to have killed someone. He has people that do that for him. Exactly. Yeah. Now he's in the situation where he has to kill someone to def- like in the place of his mother. Exactly. Because a woman cannot fight. Essentially, even though if his mo- not gonna lie, if Jessica was there, she would have beat his ass. She would have.
1: She's a bad bitch. And so you see this like thing where oh, Paul Trades is dead, but someone else is taking. Fourth, it's almost like his body is occupied by someone else, which is very, very interesting in my opinion. It shows. It also it makes you question on how, like his coming of age is gonna be, especially with the fact that he's the heir of his family. How is that gonna work when everyone wants his family to be gone? Like they were sent on Dune to die. Yeah. Like the dad explicitly says that, and they realize that as a family. Like
0: maybe a little bit too late, but. You know, they realize that and it's kind of built up in the movie. So I mean the the, the politics in this world is, is insane. Um, this relationship between these two families and their relationship with the emperor, um, the hierarchies in this film and this universe, sorry, is it's it's very interesting the way that it plays out and it is super
1: reminiscent of like the world we live in, I feel like. Um I agree. book is or this universe is at 20,000
0: years in the future was written 80 years not 80 what am I saying math it's like 60 years before today and there's something I find so eye-opening about how regardless of how much in the past or regardless of how much in the future or in the present we're talking about humans still seem to organize themselves in similar ways
1: and you can develop
0: as a society you can technologically move you can expand into the solar system but our hierarchies and our political and social organization Remains the same. We can't
1: like we can reimagine every other aspect of society, but we Except cannot that. reimagine government. And I think that the adaptation in this year is very interesting too, because there have been adaptations in the past yeah. that haven't worked out as well. Yeah, they kind of flopped. Kind of, maybe, <laughs> perhaps. But the fact that a novel like my parents have talked to me about Doom. they've yeah. been like, "Cosi, you have to read." no no na, yeah. na na no na, na. told them I was reading doom they were so happy and it's just the fact that it's so relevant across generations yeah. I found that I find that very interesting yeah. and very it kind of shows what is a not a good book but what is a working what is an important what's contribution impactful. what's what's impactful. what's impactful to
0: sort of the literary canon right exactly this concept right? of prophecy
1: is so important right and the um, concept of religion the fact that like also the Fremen. If you touch on the Fremen, yeah. they also believe they have the sandworm. I forgot. Yeah, they, they believe like not. They worship it in a way. Yeah, and it's very interesting to see. And also when you see um, Paul coming to this to Dune, and he is being guy worshipped guy named, like the listener guide movement. Yeah, yes. the welcoming. and yeah. he's like, but how do they know it's me? And he's questioning himself. He's like, yeah. and I think as a fifteen-year-old, you're like, how is that me? How- I feel and like I, when I, I was fifteen. One. I was
0: stressing about much smaller things. So I can't even imagine Paul at that moment. No. no, the water, like, water is just such a big symbol in in the novel, and it's like the. One of the main comparing points between Kaladan and Arrakis, right? For
1: real, especially the colors. It's schemes. abundance
0: versus scarcity. It's the color schemes. It's the warm colors of Dune and the cool colors of Kaladan. It's the movie opening with Paul, with Jessica asking Paul to use the voice and him to pass him a glass of water. water. You know, it's, it's all of these things, and it's such a big sort of motive symbol, in, um, in the in the saga in the franchise, especially because it's so tied to like. The production of spice water is essential for technological progress, for cognitive pro- progress, for the well being and faith of the Fremen community. Like, <laughs> it's, it's really so essential. Interesting. It's How,
1: life. Also, the fact that they decided not to extract water from Dune because they decided that the spice was more important. Yeah. Which meant that commerce, that mechanical, you know, space force, like, not exploit, kind of exploitation of the spice, like extraction, that's the word, extraction of the spice was way more important than water. Yeah. I think like,
0: if anyone knows me, they know that I'm going to bring up this point. Of course. And I also think that like, biased opinion, but it is central to the franchise, right? This concept of extraction of colonialism, of capitalism. Yeah. Right? Yes. It's about... um, And and the way... uh, And the the idea of outsiders. The Fremen talk constantly of like, from the outer world, from the outsiders, like, the way that the... Before it was the Harkonnens and then it became the Atreides, but these outsiders... Who gave that power. You know, it was the emperor. It's the outsiders that have come into this planet. And
1: have decided for the Fremen who would like, occupy this planet. When, in a sense, they were already there yeah there were people that were already there and what's interesting it,
0: like, it really is like indigenous right they learned how to live with nature they learned how to live with the harsh climate the sand dance and the sand dance is like the way that it, it's so representative of indigenous knowledge to me and the way that we come in as like in like modern world coming to modernize them coming to um, take from them what they've got whether we have that now like with um, in the Amazon for mm-hmm. example um, because of all the deforestation and things like that, you know, we 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 refuse to learn from indigenous knowledge, and it's interesting because indigenous knowledge would save us through the climate crisis, for example. But we refuse to learn from it, and instead we feel like we can tell them how to do things because we are technologically developed. I want to have us that this lead us into the theme of man in the natural okay. world, right? I see because the desert as a geographic location for. Um, like the the author picked, is super interesting because it's all encompassing. You cannot see beyond it. It is on a scale that you, and especially
1: Dune, the way that it's shown, especially it's, like with sand. You know, when you like have the feeling of sand and that much sand, you're almost like sinking. Yeah, like there's this and it's interesting, especially with the concept of water, because you yeah. sink in water too. Yeah, but the, 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 the sinking in the desert sand. feels like an
0: ocean as well. Right? Like, they both have that similar thing of being all-encompassing, of being bigger than you, of being something that... There, there's a reason why people are actually genuinely terrified of the ocean.
1: Oh, for right? real?
0: We just don't have access to deserts so much in, like, modern society. But, like, if you've had the privilege of being able to visit a desert, right? Like, yeah, I've never... Uh, I have. Oh, here. Okay. And, like, it is... It messes with you.
1: Mm-hmm. It really does. Even in photos. It's just like, like, whoa, like you have this kind of horizon in front of you yeah. of just the same thing. Oh, Like, you There's, want, it's like, so mirages. The, the, the concept of mirages and visions, if you, if you think about yeah. it.
0: Yeah! To what extent were his visions, like, Oh, shit, you visions, doing your problematic? Because he, oh. oh. To what extent were his visions, like, a result of him being, like, the Tatarak the... and all of these things? Or well, to what extent was that the power of doom? Was that and a the mirage? Spice. And The, the spice. spice. And the mind altering powers of it, right? It's very interesting. But this idea of man in the natural world, of feeling insignificant in comparison to nature, of realizing that you cannot control it, that you're trying to harness it, you're trying to extract it, but it's so much bigger than you. And you see that in the scene when the sandworm first comes and they're flying in the helicopter, you know? And they realize, like, we, what do we do? You know? When
1: Paul, like, first meets Chani, you can kind of sense he's like, oh, that's her. Yeah. You can already feel it in your bones. Yeah. I really like mm. that personally. No. I was like, and Whoa! you love romance,
0: though. You love romance. You're you you're so here for a good romance. Of moment.
1: course I am. I'm here for the cliches. Yeah. As much as
0: what I actually quite liked is that as much as they were trying to center on romance, and like like in the sense of making Chani quite important, um, which I think it's interesting because I think in the books, Jessica has a much more important role than maybe they d- depicted in the movies. But, in the movie, sorry. But on a, like, a different conversation, like at the same time, I didn't think they forced romance down our throats with Paul and Chani. I Jessica. think what's interesting about Dune is that it says all of that. It says how technology is important for our advancement and our development. But it's also about how do we need to keep growing? And growing at what cost? That's Growing at extracting true. a resource that is not ours, growing at extracting finite resources, at oppressing like, uh, indigenous people, at power-hungry, uh, feudal s- sort of political organization. Like, at what cost do we keep growing? Do we keep expanding past the 10,000 world in the solar system that we occupy already? That's very interesting. How much yeah. space
1: do we take up? But the thing, also, like, I agree completely. Yeah. But the thing is, I feel like now it's ingrained that we just want to, we want to test our limits for whatever yeah. reason. I do not know. I think this is
0: about man in the natural world. of like,
1: how much can we, how much can we... How much can we gamble? But how much power can we assert over, over and
0: I think the world? That's,
1: like, I think that's something that came with, like, all this, like, evolution and all this... Yeah. Proce- way of proceeding is that now we have such an obsession over power and what we can control yeah. that...
0: Of how hum- like We forget... Humans forget that they themselves are animals. They forget that they are part of the animal kingdom and they see themselves as separate as something that can assert themselves onto other animals, onto other... onto natural resources, onto each other. You even. know what I
1: find really interesting as well? is that like... In a way, science fiction also... A lot of science fish, fiction critiques technological yeah. development. Yeah. When it itself is about it, you know? And yeah. you see all these, like, stories of, you know, these magnificent worlds yeah. with, like, all this, you know, technology. Yet, it's glamorized. But on the other side of the spectrum, you're like, damn. I would not like to live in that. Yeah. It's almost dystopian in that way. But then That's you have why I say movie. that, like, we tend to categorize
0: science fiction into utopian or dystopian when like so when I was writing my like dissertation on feminist science fiction, like the whole premise was about how utopia and dystopia are two sides of the same coin. That's what is utopic mm-hmm. for one person is dystopic for another and it depends where you are in the social hierarchy.
1: Oh right? shit. Right. What
0: is utopic for the for the Atreides, for the Harkonnens, for the Emperor, the idea of an imperial. we so advanced it's utopic almost, so, so, right?
1: Like, with advancement in any sort it's like for example in history we saw this thing where oh yeah did the industrial revolution bring the emancipation of rural women or did it just enforce enforce inequalities in you know wages uh, inequality in wages and you know and also just different things like that and to that i say the thing is with advancement it's almost I don't want to say it's one step forward, two steps back. Like, yeah. no, I think that'd be very pessimistic of me to say. Yeah. And reductive. But, yeah, very reductive. I think it's you win some, you lose some. And the thing is, it's just, yeah, it's just like, in the in the case of like, emancipation of women in the Industrial Revolution, it's like, you win something you didn't have, but you, but lose, you lose something new. Something. Yeah. And it's a cycle that just goes on. And I think that's can be applied to anything, really. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like you just. The thing is, with advancement, with things you have not seen before, new problems arise because the thing you haven't seen these things before, so you can't really like apprehend. As society
0: changes, so do the problems.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I to wrap up. To wrap up, because you've had a lot of thoughts,
0: and I would like to consolidate them to be something that we can concretely take away. Mm -hmm. Right.
1: Mm -hmm. Dune. Dune.
0: This franchise is, frankly, genius. It really is.
1: Very much is.
0: I it is a agree. masterpiece. And it is so... The world-building in this franchise, in this universe, is amazing. And it is this world-building which, to me, um, allows us to treat this franchise as a mirror, like you said, of the world that we live in. You can take away so much. Because whether this is... Even though this is 20,000 years in the future, and I've said this so much, this book takes place 20,000 years in the future, it could be 2021. It could be. and It could be 2021. We have big hegemonies of power that could be the Atreides, that could be the Hark- like Harkonnens, you know. That like- could be the Emperor. Exactly. So there is nothing about Dune that we cannot see represented in today's world.
1: I remember being in in the washroom in the cinema afterwards. I forgot who I was with. And I was like, yeah, we were together. We were were geeking out while the rest of the group was like, good lord. (laughs) Um, And we were like, wait, but what don't we like about this film? Because we agreed that the book and the film were different, but in respectively in both. They were respectively good in different ways. Yeah, I agree. And like, the thing
0: is well okay I've heard a lot of very like contradictory opinions on this movie. Oh me right? too. We've we've heard it all. <laughs> we've had people that praise it and love it and often I think the people that do do that are the people that are really invested in the universe cuz they're not seeing the movie as just it's one thing but as part of a bigger series. A bigger um, image a bigger yeah it's a bigger project right? But there are also enough people that are like it was five stars for cinematography. Oh, like, for yeah. Two and a half for storytelling. Which is very interesting. Which I, I can understand that perspective. I really can. Um, I, like, I think that if you really think about it, in the movie, not that much happens. We end up. No! The, the <laughs> no! movie ends onto what would be a regular climax. Oh, my of God. A, what would be the climax of a regular I movie? I would
1: like to quote Aline. <laughs> who turns to me at the end of the movie and goes, that's it? It ends with him being a simp? <laughs> and I was like, I mean... See, the beauty of Dune is we all take different things <laughs> Oh. To end on this to note, end, how would you rate it? To end on this
0: note with all of these thoughts, How where would I rate it? I find it very difficult because... I cannot see this movie as its own... As, it, as, like, as its own. In isolation. Yeah. Right? It's I almost like, like a depiction of... The, it's like a, a picture book. Yeah. And I think that it is... But for me, like, I think it's part of a series. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it me is. too. And I think it's very difficult to be like, this movie, how was it? I think I I would much prefer to be, like, rating the franchise when it fully comes out. But because you asked this question, yeah. so, um Yes, I, Trisha,
1: tell me. I... I can go. For it, I would give it? it a solid
0: four.
1: That's what I was thinking too. I would give it a solid four if
0: you know the universe or took the time to learn it. Okay. I would give it a solid three if, if you, did you didn't. It. Because, frankly, like just from a film perspective and not from a Dune like um, fan or like reader perspective, not much happened. There was not so much explanation. Yes, there was world building, but what, like truly, like.
1: But and also, story- who likes world? Like some of us really like world building. I'm a whore for me, world building, No, me right? too, me too. But I understand if not everyone is right, and they, and they want they want more
0: storytelling.
1: And like this the thing was is, a it was slow paced. It was it very was a slow
0: paced. Two and a half hour long movie that just established things. Really, if you think about it, and so that's why I feel like it's gonna be a series. That's a, that's also why I find it difficult to look at it in isolation, um, and not as a whole series, but. Which is why I would argue that it it could be a three star for someone that is not a fan because I could understand walking out of the movie being like what are, what the what heck hap-? but like what actually happened? There are like if you look at the plot like three main what things, was the plot? Three main things happened, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Through a couple main things, there were like main plot points. They moved to Arrakis, then they were like killed, and, and then they everything. were in do- like then, in the dunes, and then he was like, I'm gonna join the Fremen, right? Really reductive way of explaining it, but like. If you are familiar with the universe... You're like, oh my god. You're like, it's the references. It's like the way they talk about water. It's the way... Like, when you know the symbols and the themes, the things gain so much more meaning. Right? Which is all a part of
1: cinematography. It really is. And it's all a thing about adaptation. And the different types of films. Yeah. So, but I'm very excited. Personally, I'm very excited to too. see... Me too. I'm looking forward to it. I'm not... I'm. This is actually like... For me, science fiction is not... My favorite genre? Yeah, you, I remember
0: you saying this is so not your go-to genre. It's
1: not my go-to genre. Has mm-hmm.
0: has Dune converted you? Who knows? Has Dune no, I have to ask you, has Dune converted you into
1: appreciating sci-fi? Oh yes. For yeah? sure, for sure, for sure. Isn't that
0: it's isn't that enough to show its impact?
1: Perhaps, <laughs> maybe for a rom-com lover like me. <laughs> but yeah. But um yeah. So, what
0: about you? What about your ratings? <clears throat>
1: I would give the same. So, yeah. things, I'm very nice on my <laughs> I'm glad. So Shh, I like, Do I have to start playing Bad Cop now? Be really harsh. <laughs> I was literally like, from a film adaptation perspective, yeah. um, even like singing, seeing it as a singular film that portrays just like, that. Yeah. I was gonna give it like, 4.5. <laughs> Cause, enough. you know, but then again, for like, someone who hasn't read the book, I would agree with the three. Like, a solid three. Yeah. Because, because like, I
0: think it's such a beautiful film, but, like, but from, like, a plot perspective, you, I think you, you could make no, you, you need be to part. have context. Yeah. Like, and the thing, talking about adaptations, like, when I think of a, my, my brain always goes to the Handmaid's Tale TV show, um, when I took in an adaptation, because that was, frankly, one of the most strong adaptations I've ever seen, and not because it was fully accurate to the book, it was not. Mm-hmm. They developed their own storyline outside of the book, and... But there's something about it that was so perfect. It captured the universe so lovely. So lovelily. So beautifully. Maybe that's a better word. Um, and I guess I'm just excited to see how Dune does that as well.
1: Me too. I hope it doesn't disappoint.
0: I don't feel disappointed.
1: Oh, no, I, I don't.
0: Right? Which I just don't
1: want to be disappointed. Yeah. I.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think they've they got an all-star cast. Oh, for sure. We didn't even talk about the cast. We didn't,
1: but that's going to be so long. But they
0: got an all-star cast. They got Denis Villeneuve, who is a god in the science fiction movie. With his world. Right? He he did Blade Runner 2049. He did um, Arrival. He also did... uh, He did... uh, What was it called? Um, Well,
1: I mean... I'm forgetting now, But like, those are two really big... And they were very praised. Praised, beautifully made,
0: influential science fiction movies. So, I don't think he's going to let us down with Dune. I think Dune is a mountain of a task to adapt as as much as it is to read. There's a reason why it flopped the last two times it happened,
1: right? So, I'm excited. Me too. I hope you guys are excited as well. I hope you guys liked our... Rambling, yeah. I hope (laughs) you like. Are geeking out? Are geeking out? I hope you geeked out with us. Geeked out with
0: us, Um, and yeah. So well, I mean, I think that brings an end to this episode. A wrap up of our very first episode. But please do tune in for more things for the culture um i think moving forward we're going to be doing album listening parties and breakdowns we're going to be doing lyric analyses. lyric analyses within that we'll be doing other books other movies if having people come we have people come in because diverse opinions are important not just
1: our big ass voices right
0: (laughs) but yeah so thank you you so so much for tuning in Um, I hope this gave you something to think about. I know it gave me a lot to think about.
1: Uh, And this was For the Culture, Episode 1.